I think honesty, man, training your kids to have integrity and honesty and, and be real with them. Training them about integrity and honesty is important, but by doing it, you have to have integrity and be honest with them as well. Dory 1, this is Fireteam Delta. Dad's coming home. Welcome to the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, where it is our mission to bring every dad home. I am your host, Ben Colloy. I'm a United States Marine veteran, husband, and a father. We will bring authentic conversations to inspire action in your life so we can close the gap between the dad you are today and the dad you want to be tomorrow. This is the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. Welcome back to Military Veteran Dad, episode 98. I'm your host, Ben Colloy, and if this is your first time dropping on Military Veteran Dad, thank you. I know that your time out there is valuable. We only get 24 hours in a day for you to invest your time here to check out this podcast. I appreciate you. And if you've been a longtime listener, I cannot tell how often I get an email from you guys out there and you just fill my heart with joy and excitement for what this podcast is able for you to do out there in the world. It is something that just continues to get bigger and bigger. And being an analogy guy, I had this analogy today that getting up to episode 100, I kind of feel like I'm an architect building a skyscraper and I'm almost at the 100th floor. And you can't help when you're an architect building a skyscraper, I think, to wonder, did I build and do everything at the foundation to make sure that we can sustain another 100 episodes? And as I've been reflecting on that analogy, I can't help but think the answer is a resounding yes, because the downloads have continued to rise. Something about this fall has really taken the downloads through the roof. We just closed October and we set a brand new monthly download record that beat out by 300 downloads of our recent August record as well. And more importantly, we just passed our big, big second milestone of 20,000 downloads. That's 20,000 people out there finding value in this message and continuing to come back and hear more. And today is definitely more. We are going to feed the hunger that is your growth, that is your understanding of what you are capable of doing out there in the world. And so today's guest is with Alex Witt. Alex is the CEO and partner at Battle Bars. He served four years in U.S. Navy, where he completed a tour of service in Iraq. He led sales of a logistics startup, which he helped grow to 250 employees. After 13 years, the business was acquired by a top 10 3PL in the country. Alex currently has ownership stake in multiple businesses, donates regular to military and first responders. He has a passion for fitness and is the founder of a gym called 104010 and a military first responder-themed gym which provides affordable blueprints for transitioning veterans who want to build a career in fitness. He currently lives in Chicago with his wife and two kids. Guys, that is just a fraction of what this man has accomplished, and more importantly, what he has set out to do with his life. There was something that really hit home for me in this episode, and if you want to hear what that is, hang on to the other side of this episode where I share it, because right now we are going to get you right into this episode, and it is Super, super good. So if you want to stay tuned for what's going on, and also if you want to hang on for the biggest single announcement that I probably will ever make on this podcast, make sure you check out Fatherhood Friday on Friday this week because it is not going to be one you want to miss because I launch and talk about the biggest thing that I've launched, Military Veteran Dad, in almost 100 episodes that I've been doing it. So stay tuned for that. And now without further ado, let's get started with Alex Witt. Welcome to the podcast, Alex. Welcome. Thank you. 
I am super excited because Battle Bars is something that you guys reached out to me to come on the podcast, which as a podcast host is one of the best things that happens in my inbox because I don't have to do any work in recruiting new people to come on the podcast. And you send some samples to my house. and I absolutely love the Battle Bars. So I'm excited to have this interview and hear how Battle Bars got started, but then also just hear more about your story. Because before we hit record, just hearing some of your stories, I feel like this episode is going to go well over an hour if we really wanted to do it. So it's going to be a challenge. So go ahead and unpack a little bit about your military experience, your dadhood right now, and what it looks like to be a dad. And then also a little bit about businesses you got going on. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me out. It was good chatting with you beforehand. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting combo. I love I love doing these things. As I said, like working all day long uh, on like you know data and like trying to grow a business. You know, having insightful conversations and meaningful conversations that makes a difference. So appreciate you again having me out, man. So yeah, my military career, man. I was uh, I joined uh, I joined the Navy right after I graduated high school. Did some uh, did some time uh, in Iraq. Did some time in Europe, overseas, in Spain. Loved every minute of it, man. Like, uh, look, like I feel like most people join the military, then they're in and they're counting down their days to get out of the military. <laughs> Everyone's got like their exit date, and uh, I didn't really do that, man. Like, I, uh, I I knew I wanted to get out, and uh, I knew that I didn't like having a ceiling of how much money I could make in my life. Uh, I ended up right after I got out, ended up going into working at GNC, like that story I told you beforehand and, you know, getting, I got, I kind of got fired, but like got uh, written up, like I was telling you earlier, look, man, like that was ended up being one of the best moments of my life was, uh, uh, getting written up after working at a job, you know, I was working like 60 hours hours a week, going to school, working at a bar, sleeping like two hours a night because I just wanted to figure it out. I wanted to be the CEO and they ended up letting me go for working extra hours off the clock for them. And when you feel that, you feel like this pit of like emptiness and nothing inside, man, that, that, that stung. But like I was saying, it's like, you know, I, uh, a week later I met my business partner and we grew a business from, you know, a handful of employees to 277 employees, $300 million in revenue. And and uh, changed my life. And I was able to afford me opportunities to do things that I really love, like having conversations with guys like you, or, you know, I own some gyms here in the, in the Midwest and, and also in Dallas. I have two kids myself, a nine-year-old girl, I have a six-year-old boy. So Alana and Mason, they're both very different in their own ways, but I can tell you this much, man. And I, I'm sure you feel the same way, Ben. Like my, when my daughter was born, like, the second I locked eyes with this kid, it was over. It was like, oh shit. Like this kid owns me, man. Like the second I looked at her, I was like, you know what I mean? You get that feeling. Those eyes are only going to get bigger. Oh, I, I literally in my head, I'm like, I'm so fucked right now. <laughs> like I just knew that my, uh, my life was good. Like everything had a different purpose. You know, I knew that like, man, like my job is to make sure this kid grows up and has an awesome life. And you just knew it. Like, all the other petty shit that you kind of started sweating it didn't really matter anymore. Didn't nothing really like any new friends, people like you don't like, eh, I don't really care about that. She's the only thing that matters. And then, uh, and then yeah, that's, uh, we can, we can talk more about it. There's a lot, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, a lot of cool stuff uh, has happened. Uh, life-changing to have kids, as you know. It is life-changing and, and positive and negative. And probably what you've probably realized as well. And, this is where a lot of military dads get the wiring backwards is when their kids irritate them or trigger them, they often get angry and they lash out, especially military dads. If we got baggage, we haven't dealt with their own shit. All of those triggers is actually them being the mirror to the places that you need to grow. 
and the places where you need to do that work. And so like the simple coaching advice that I always give dads is when your kids are triggered, that says more about you than it does about them. They just figured out how to push your buttons. And so a lot of times your kids are the actual perfect vehicle to actually create you as a better dad, because they'll tell you all the different areas that you're weak in because they're just going to find it and push it. And it's those areas where you really need to dig deeper. Yeah, no, it's, it's so true, man. I mean, we were talking again before, but my, my daughter this morning was like, upset that she didn't like the pants she had on before school. I mean, she wears a uniform to school. She goes to a Catholic school, <laughs> you know? So she has the same pants. I'm like, you can't wear these because you wore them like three days in a row, honey. You can't do that. And she just lost her mind. And like, like every part about you as a natural human being wants to be like, stop yelling, you suck. Like, what are you doing? Right? Just listen. Just shut up and fucking listen, Jesus. But then you're just like, wait a minute. Come on. Like, these little things to her as a nine-year-old, that's a big deal to her. That's a big It's deal. the world. It might as well just be you right. having an employee that you got to fire today. 100%. That's it. And it's so everything is, every problem we have in life is all, it's all relative, right? To this certain age or things that you're going through at that time. So we try to remain patient. I mean, we're not perfect, man. Like it's hard. It's hard being a parent, but it's pretty freaking cool, man. It's pretty cool. And the thing that with that moment right there is that I always try to become a detective because what you know, or I notice most with my kids is whatever on the surface is being advertised in the billboard, it's never the actual issue. This is just the vehicle it's being expressed in. And so you've got to remain calm. You've got to remain almost unreactionary because if you ever want to figure out what's behind the billboard, you have to be able to create that trust. And I always like the advice that you have to be there for the small things. So they bring you the big things later. And little did you know you were being tested there of whether or not Sheik is eventually going to be able to bring you something when she grows up that's even bigger than these are the, I hate these pants or shorts that I'm wearing, the skirt, whatever it is. Like that was a small test for something bigger in her life. And it's that right girl moment where you have to be able to remain calm and like, this is more about her than it is about me. And if you make it about me, that's when you get the wiring backwards and then you get angry and lose control. Dead on, man. That's like the, the you know, the, that's what I've learned. I mean, I'm 37 years old, man. I've learned that like wisdom is, is incredibly more important than actual true, like book smart intelligence. Wisdom is everything, man. Like life experiences and learning how to deal with adversity and not to get overexcited and uh, making mistakes. Oh my God, man. Like I always like, there's this thing that I tell my kids. I'm like, you know, like my kids are very bright. Like, thank God they got their, their mom's genes, but like I'm, I'm not the brightest dude, man. I just like, I have like this crazy competitive, uh, I hate, absolutely hate losing. And if I, I know, get the vibe that you don't know how to give up on yourself. Oh, dude, it's a problem. Might be a problem. But uh, <laughs> I, like, I, I mean, I'm like, when I get into business, when I'm like set on a goal, I will do anything it takes. Like when I was 18, I said, I'm 18 years old. By 25, I'm going to make X amount of dollars a year and have this much success. And when I'm, when I'm 30, I'm going to make X amount of dollars a year. I'm going to have this much net worth and this much success. When I'm 35, I'm going to hit the big one and have this much success. And when I'm 42, I want to have everything chill. And I want to be a professional little league coach for my dad or for my, uh, for my son, right. And just be travel, just do travel baseball and make that my passion. That's it. And, uh, dude, I've hit every goal. I've said that I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And if, if at that time I don't have that in my, 
not that bank accounts really truly matter, but like it gives you a mean to do more things that, mm -hmm. uh, that, that you love to do, right? Like it forged the opportunity. Like, look, I, we sold our business. I took that money that I took money that I made to sell a business. And I'm opening up a gym and I bought battle bars and I'm the CEO of, of battle bars a fast growing company. So I love what I do, man. I love what I do. I don't make a penny doing it and I'm banking on the fact that I will someday, but I love what I do. Man. And like, it's important, I think, to have those goals and then pass that and pass that same uh, motivational tactic like to your kids. And I, I tell my kids all the time, like, if you lost today, the cool part is you can wake up tomorrow and win tomorrow. That's it. You can lose every day of the week, but all you need is that one big W to continue that trend, you know? I've always liked Zig Ziglar's advice. Failure is an event, not a person. Yesterday really did end yesterday, and today's a brand new day. That's it, bro. That's that's it. I mean, it's dead on. Everything, like, what are you going to do? Like, bitch and complain that you, even if you made a mistake, it was stupid. Even if you fucked up and you're like, well, I, uh, <laughs> I, this was a terrible mistake. It's horrible. As long as you didn't break the law, it's like, what are you going to do, man? Just sit here and complain about it? What do you, like, go, go to see a therapist about it? Like, sure, go see a therapist, but, like, Get up. We have a we have a mentality here in our gyms, and we have these shirts we're launching, hats, uh, apparel. It's it's called FitFo, and it's it's kind of funny. It started, it started. It's a mentality was started in the gym because people would come in. Some of the staff would come in. Some of the battle bars guys would come in and say like, "Hey, we need to do this, this. Can we?" Like they'd ask me this question. I'm like, "Yo, man, figure it the fuck out. Just figure it the fuck out. Stop asking questions. Like that's it. Like you're a smart person. Figure it out. Figure it the fuck out." And uh, my GM comes up and he's like, yo, man, can you stop swearing at everyone? You keep telling everyone just to figure the fuck out. And I'm like, all right, fit though. Just fit though. <laughs> right? So then we, uh, we ended up making these shirts with like my, my favorite M4 rifle right across the chest. And it just says fit though. Fit though mentality is like, yo, man, if you don't know how to do something, what are you going to do? Ask someone to do it for you or just figure it the fuck out yourself. I don't care how you do it. However you get to the end goal, just figure it the fuck out and get there. Right? So and that's not advice. I mean, that, that should definitely be in the TAPS manual because it like even just like figuring it out is 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 good, but also figuring out is also knowing the right person that can help you close the gap because sometimes it, it, you do have to figure it out and no one's going to do it for you. But oftentimes you don't have you have to have a network wide enough to really have a person in your arsenal. Like I'm sure if you needed a Facebook ad ran tomorrow, you probably have five people in your head that can help you you're going to figure it out with that person and do it more effectively and trying to do it on your own is often what we do. And it's just how we self isolate. Yeah. But I didn't like FitFo comes from like, yo, I didn't, I didn't know to like those five people that I could reach out to. I didn't know them. I didn't know them before. I had to figure it out. I had you to had figure, figure it out and figure out how to connect with them. Yeah. I had to figure it the fuck out and how to meet these people, man. Like I had to go out and say like, you know, like when everyone else was out parting their asses off, you know, I was traveling constantly over the years, constantly traveling, meeting people that had zero return on the investment the first time you meet them. I mean, the, a funny story about business, not too, too far of a tangent, but one of the bigger successes that I had in business was at my, uh, before we sold the company, of course, but um, our company, it was 2014, the, the logistics market was, ugh, it was just struggle. Like it's ebbs and flows big time. And our company was like, eh, it wasn't doing great, man. Like we, you know, we had, uh, we, we were struggling. We put a lot of expenses on hold, no traveling, uh, whatever. There was a big conference coming up that I knew 
that was going to be it would pay off like go meet some people there so um i put in like i like i was a minority owner of the business so i didn't have a total say i went to some of the guys like the, some of the other decision makers i was like look man this is i told them the conference what it was all about and it was like this hard no i was like guys we need more business right this is what i'm trying to do it may not work right now but i know it like i gotta go meet these people i'll figure it out so they said no i was like all right well i'm gonna do it myself i'm just gonna pay for the trip myself go to vegas stay at the wind at the nicest hotel in vegas and uh, i'll go to this conference pay for the conference myself and i'll go by myself and not know anyone there and just figure it out so i got there and just made friends with it and just honestly dude like everyone's got like these sales tactics it's just having conversations man like you and i are having like you and I could have a great conversation right now. In three years, we could be doing some work together. You don't know. I got so many. I got so many examples just like yours, where a single hello changed my life. Yeah, that's it. It's like so. Like I went to this thing. No joke, man. Went to this thing. It was like all these people were talking on this panel, and I go sit in the back of this wall, and I'm talking to this guy, and he's just so chill, man. I mean, so cool. And him and I are BSing. Turns out he owns like twenty thousand uh, trailers and like all this work and. Um, he's just a really energetic guy from Jersey, thick Jersey accent, like really cool dude. Probably and just that, fun to listen to, even with the accent. Oh, as well. It was great, right? And uh, you know, he's one of the better salesmen I've ever met in my entire life. And um, so he's got these big accounts. Doesn't do the same things that I do in work, but he like meets similar people, right? That could, that we can help each other out. And I was like, hey man, what are you doing tonight? And he's like, oh, I'm going to dinner with these uh, guys that own these trucking companies. I'm like, mind if I join you? And he's like, sure, why not? Let's go. We had a great conversation. So we went to dinner and mind you, I'm like, I don't know, this was um, six years ago or so. I'm like, I'm like 31 years old, 30 years old. And our business was struggling. We weren't making a ton of money. And we go to the win, go to dinner. We we're drinking like, we went through like with between five people, like five bottles of really nice wine, tons of food at the win. If you've ever been to the win before, it's not cheap. Uh, and uh, our bill was like $3,700. And the guy comes out and they're like, all right, we're going to play credit card roulette. And I was like, all right. So they basically they take the chef's hat and it goes like this and throws everyone's credit card in there. Obviously, you know, whose credit card they picked, right? Pick the guy who was probably the brokest at the table. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. And so they, I paid the tab. It was a great story after that. Everyone's laughing about it. And I'm like, oh my God, this paid $3,400 or $3,700 for this dinner. Oh shit. It didn't hit me until the next morning, but I'm like, all right, well, Send them all follow-up emails. We're like, dude, great times. And they're laughing at me, like whatever. We ended up doing a bunch of business together. Not like a crazy amount. But then I kept telling the one guy, I was like, yo, listen, if this company calls you, this company calls you and they need help. It's a big company, right? A publicly traded company. So if this company calls you and needs help, don't say no to them because you don't know how to do it. I have, a, I can do that for you. That's what I do at my job is logistics, right? You just lease the trailers to them. I'm this guy. Dude, I mean, sure enough, like... Uh, uh, it was like the day before Thanksgiving, it, this guy calls me two years down the road, two years down the road, calls me and just says, all right, here's your chance. And I took a gamble. And next thing you know, I mean, our company made, I mean, life-changing money, life-changing money off of a one trip that no one wanted to pay for. And I just took the gamble and took a risk and said, let's do it. And it, it literally added millions of dollars to the sale of our business down the road so that one little moment where i said "Fuck this man i'm gonna figure it out myself you guys aren't gonna do it, i'll figure it out 
that one little moment that I just had a lot of faith and said, I'm going to see this through. It worked, man. You know, and that's like the, that's the cool part about, uh, about business and really life. And it's not like, and it's the part that's not taught or spoken. Uh, and it's also why on the, on the podcast and on freedadcourse.com, the first resource that I created for dads was a friendship course. Cause it's the one place we really suck at, especially if we're holding back and we're afraid of talking about things or being found out. And in, in it, I talk about that idea that like, uh, having friends in your life, I like to call them like literal friendships. So if you think of your ocean of life and you have friends out there floating around on your ocean, the more friendships you have on the ocean, the more opportunity flows ashore. I mean, you're, that was a, a classic example of you created a friendship two years ago and little behold, he just drops it in the, in the water and it floats ashore. And next thing you know, it changes your life. Like every friend can be that. And that's why I, I lead with on the podcast. Like I always try to show up for someone as a friend. I wish I had in my life five years ago. Because my story, when I turned 30, my biggest fear was dying alone. I had no friends. I felt super isolated. I felt like I was going to reach the end of my life and no one was going to be saying any nice things in my funeral because no one cared that I lived. And going from there to here, like friends is that one thing that completely changed my life. I want to go into a different area for us because there's been one theme that I can't help but figure out where it all came from. You described almost right out of the military as like you were annoyed that you had a ceiling most people believe there is a ceiling and that they can't pass it. So where did your ability to see some or ask something bigger of life than what most Americans never do? Like, did that come from your dad? Was it the people you were around or did you just drink a special kind of Kool-Aid? Uh, probably everything, right? Like, I, don't know. <laughs> I, 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 my, like I grew up, my, my family struggled, right? We, my, I, I shared a bed with my brother and sister, uh, my brother and sister, by the way, in one bed. In a two-bedroom house, my mom and dad uh, shared a food or slept in the other room in a futon. That was it. But like, that was until like eighth grade. But honestly, like, I didn't see that as weird to me. Like to me, like, I thought that was how normal life is, right? And it was like, that's just what we do. It's like this is we have a cool house and we share a room and we have everything we need. And all of a sudden, as I started to get a little bit older. I would go to friend's house when I was in like eighth grade and like freshman year of high school. And I'd go to their, my friend's house and they had like a basement and they had like a backyard and a pool. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, what is this? This is your house? You have your own room? What is this? And I saw my parents just killing themselves. I mean, my parents would wake me up at five in the morning to go take me to my grandparents' house before school because they had to be at work at like 5.30. So I'd get up, go right over to my grandparents' house, sleep for like 10 more minutes and then go straight to school at seven where my parents were like working their butts off. I just thought that was normal life. I didn't know any better. Right. So yeah, I think that that probably helped is that, uh, you know, I, I struggled or my, I watched my parents like work their butts off, you know, for, for minimal dollars. And, uh, my dad didn't even have success until later on in life until I was shit 18. He started uh, to really take off his career. So, um, for me, yeah, I think that that was probably a big thing. My my dad is an, an insanely hardworking guy. I mean, he did he lead by example or did he lead with wisdom as well? A little bit of both. I mean, look, my I didn't know this, but like my parents, like uh, I, when I was uh, like we almost got kicked out of our house multiple times. They always kept that from us. They did it in a way that was like we felt good about where we were at in life. My uh, every sport that I wanted to play, my parents were in. They got me into travel baseball. All I got signed up, tried out for the team, worked my ass off, like played 160 games one summer when I was like 12 years old. I, can you imagine taking your kid to 160 games? Right? No. 
No, I mean, sports I, is actually what scares the hell out of me as a dad. Cause I just feel like you're almost a slave to the sport. I'm like, I don't want are. that. Dude, you are. And I, and I was like, that's how it was. And I like, I totally took it for granted that like my parents figured it out for me, man. They're like, I don't know. He wants to do this. So let's get him into it. So I just like, uh, I don't know. I stayed with him. And, uh, Did they have a so, conversation about money with you? Um, a little bit. I mean, I knew that it wasn't cheap to do it. And uh, I found out later on that, uh, that my coach who, who passed away this last year, actually a big mentor in my life. That's why like my goal is to be like 42 years old and just do what he did. He was like this vice president of Abbott labs. I don't know if you're familiar with Abbott labs, large uh, pharmaceutical company, huge. And he was a big dog there and retired and said, I'm going to coach my kids. And I'm going to change kids' lives through baseball. Cause he loves baseball. I love baseball. Right. And, uh, yeah, we just uh, we went through it, and they just man, it was life life altering though. Them. Like uh, they, I found out that he paid for my everything. Like he paid for my travel. We traveled to California. My baseball coach paid for it. He took care of it all. And my parents like think about that as a dad, right? Yeah, a, the humble, the humility to accept yeah, that. Like, but my, I can't imagine what my mom and dad had to go through to say like, look, I you know the first gut reaction is like. Sorry, you can't go. We can't afford it. I'm not having someone else pay for it. They knew how much it meant to me. They humbled themselves enough to say, you know what? Let's do it. Yeah, and put our ego did. aside. And they did it. And look, man, my, my dad broke as hell, didn't have a job for two years. And now the guy's, he was named the most valuable person to the city of Milwaukee at the age of like 58. Like, it's pretty impressive stuff, man. I mean, that's like, that's where I get it. Like, I see my old man, like, he'll probably never stop working because he's just a machine. The guy, like, works all day and night. If you ever look up the the Pabst Theater, he's the CEO of uh, the Pabst Theater Group. And it's, uh, I mean, I've seen like Eddie Vedder at his place in Milwaukee now, man. I've seen like Dave Chappelle do stand-up shows. Pretty cool. Um, Did you figure out that I'm in Janesville just up the road from where you guys are? Are you really? Yeah. Wait, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you should come to the gym. We should do, you should do a workout. You'd love it. We, uh, but, but so you know the Pabst Theater then, right? Yeah, I know. I've, I've definitely heard. I've never been there, but I've definitely heard it. Yeah, like right on, like right by Water Street, like uh, Pabst Theater. Are you in Rivers. Chicago or Milwaukee? No, I'm Chicago. My You're in Chicago. Live, my parents yeah. live in Milwaukee, but yeah. What suburb in Chicago? Uh, Palatine. Palatine. No, I've been there. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I always say Chicago to people who don't know Chicago. It's like if I say Palatine, they're like, uh, "Is that in the Middle East, Palestine?" Or, or? <laughs> but yeah, no. So we, uh, yeah, man. Like uh, you now, he's like a big dog there but like he's humble as hell because he's man that guy talk about wisdom he's been through it all and now he's like this guy who's totally working his butt off and my mom like was right there the whole time like while he didn't work she did whatever it took to take care of the family so in answer to your question the long answer to your question but uh yeah i think that that's kind of what got me going was like being able to see the transition of all right this is what you can have if you work your ass up to this but there's more out there and that's like, yo, man, that's like what our businesses are evolved around. Like our gyms, like look at our communities right now, man. Like look at the, look, look at like the inner cities. Like they talk and not to get too far off. I'm like, not, I don't want to get political or anything, but like, look, they say like defunding of the police, like fuck man, that's, that's absurd to me, man. Like, look at this, like these police officers have to go in every day and like see terrible things and see children being destroyed and families being broken and. Then, Especially in Chicago, I mean, like there's, oh, I mean, there's shit that we never even think yeah. of, and unless you watch the news, you don't even get reminded that Chicago is a dangerous place. No, man. And then you go there the next day, 
you then you go what you what do you do you just watched a child get murdered and you're a father yourself you go home you hug your kids and you get up and you go do the same shit the very next day you know that's going to take a toll on you i don't care who you are how mentally tough you are that's going to take a toll on your brain and uh my the, the problem is that these kids in like these inner cities everyone's like oh they're just gangbangers well no shit they're gangbangers what else do they have to do like they don't have an outlet. Some of these kids go to these inner cities and they don't leave. You know, they see every, all this shit and they see the person they look up to is LeBron James. Well, that's bullshit because you're not going to be a LeBron James kid. You don't have, it's one in a gajillion chance of that happening. So let's be realistic. So what do they do? They look up to the drug dealer who's got a lot of a hundreds in his pocket and says, come gangbang and come sell some drugs and you can make some money. So like, how do you change that? So that's what we're trying to do here at the gym is uh, we have like reps that we're launching our new uh, in partnership with uh, the, it's called the give team It's like, we're going to pay for transportation to and from these inner cities and say, pick like five candidates, pay for their gym membership with us, take to and from and just work their asses off. And like the most important thing is, is like, look, get them out of there. Show them what the world looks. Like. Yeah. I mean, there's people that don't even have even left Manhattan Island or downtown Chicago. And I'm, I, I just get so like, it breaks my heart. And my, I can't even understand being growing up in the Midwest, like just get in a car and drive three hours and you can reboot your life in a way you've never imagined. That's it. I mean, just look what else is out there. And all of a sudden you've got your reinvigorated, reinvigorated with energy and opportunity. I mean, opportunity is a hell of a thing man. you show someone there's an opportunity. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the poster child for it, but I was broke as shit growing up. And when I saw that, hey, yeah. man, have that, but what do they do? And I started to learn, ask questions and figure out. Do you remember way. one of the first or couple of businesses that really started to inspire a new ceiling that you were trying to aim for? I think that one that really, like originally or like right now, are you saying? And originally, maybe, or right now, whichever one maybe is more relevant or. Um, I think. Uh, well, I would say the business that I got involved with at first, our logistics business, my partner, Ryan Dobby, who uh, um, uh, I could bring him. Uh, I'd love to have him talk to you too, man. I mean, my, I could talk to him. I have a business partner as well. His name's Sergio Zapata. He's a SEAL team guy. Great dude. He runs a business that I'm an investor into as well. So I, and he's a, he's a dad. He's got four girls. God bless him. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I would say that like uh, my old, my original business was like watching it grow and making mistakes and learning on how to like treat people with respect and, you know, but at the same time demand that you work your ass off and that no one's ever going to hand anything to you. I mean, we would like, if you took a guy in our old business, if you took, and I would probably say the same thing now, if you took someone from Harvard and sat him down right in front of me and then you took uh, someone like you took someone like you, or like take a, an athlete or a Marine or a Navy guy or whatever, someone who's like, you know, man, I have these lofty ass goals and I'll do whatever it takes to get there. I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not great at books, but I'll figure it out, man. I'll take that guy all day long over anyone at like a Harvard, I'll, I'll, any day of the week, any, any day of the week. But so, yeah, I would say that like that business uh, really inspired me to get like that. I would say right now um, I love, I love black rifle. I think Black Rifle Coffee, those guys are doing it the right way, man. Like from a business perspective, like just um, it's very easy to be this brand, like just have a product like this, like our battle bars, right? It's really easy to take this and just hire a sales guy and then whore yourself out and go on a shelf. If no one knows and your just product. Just yell as many people as you want, buy my bars. 
Right. But if you do that, like, what's the point? Like, you don't make any money doing that. You probably lose money. And uh, no one really knows who you are. So you just got to kind of cross your fingers and throw like a cool marketing plan behind it. Or you make a commitment like Black Rifle did. And what we're trying to do, time, we want to do it better. Well, we think we can, but we want to take a big page on their book and learn because they're helping veterans left and right, man. They're hiring veterans left and right. And they're, they focus and said, you know what? We're going to sell online. We're going to sell direct to consumer. We're going to have a great time doing it. And we're not going to succumb to the pressure of going onto the shelves. And they did it. And they're killing it. And they're doing it absolutely right. They're having a great time doing it. You know, we're, They're taking video content and making great stories that people love to watch. And they you know, are ridiculously uh, intense about the process and how their coffee is made. And, uh, you know, I'll be a customer of theirs for, for life. And that's how I want people to feel about battle bars. I want to, like, I, dude, I'm so meticulous on what I put in my body. It's a problem. Like I'm obsessive with nutrition and health and every little ingredient, like these ingredients in the front, I stare at this and we have conversations back and forth, my partners and I, about what we should put in the bars and how they should taste. And I don't care how much it costs me, but it's got to be premium and we can't lie to our customers ever. Always tell them the truth. Let them make decisions. And if the customers are the hero, you end up being the winner, right? So make the customer the hero. So that's kind of what we're trying to do, man. Yeah. What I also like about your story is your tenacity to figure it out. And what we were talking about before hitting record is we talked about a new brand that you're launching was called Fitfo, which is figure the fuck out. And I love that as well because... You were, I don't know if you really framed it this way or know what you're doing, maybe in this context of it, but you were literally changing your family tree forever because you're providing an example, an identity, an understanding, a path for your son and daughter to follow and to ask more of life, even more than what you've been able to ask of life. Like you've given them an ability to, to see a whole new world and like the tree will never be the same after you leave your mark on it. And like your kids are going to do even bigger things because they saw their dad never slow down and never settle for what he had and like always figured out more stuff. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. We, I mean, same to you, by the way, you're like, you're taking, it's, it's ballsy, man. Entre, being an entrepreneur is a lonely place, man. Like, just like you said, like, yeah, I get a lot of looks when I tell them I'm a stay at home dad. Yeah. I mean, no one's going to do, no one's going to do this for you. You know, like you no. said, we talked about earlier, no one's going to wake you up for your alarm. No one's going to do that. It's like you either do it or, or you don't exist, right? Or your business doesn't exist. You don't thrive. So like for me, I was like, I don't know, man, like I had a really cool moment uh, yesterday. My daughter, you know, do your kids play Roblox, by the way? My daughter does for better or for worse. I haven't decided which one yet. It's the problem. Like they're obsessed. But so my daughter and her friend, I looked over. My daughter is building a business. She made it look just like the gym right by our, our gym right by our house. She made it look like that. She was pricing things out. She was talking about how much you could sell to other people because you can make the leave, like make a business in there. And she was literally selling stuff people to Roblox people with fake money left and right. And she's like, look, dad, we made like 400 bucks today. I was like, you're nine. I'm like, and now that you say that, it's also, it's like, man, I, I think I had something to do with that. I feel like I had something to do with her being a little mini entrepreneur, you know, like she wants to, she saw opportunity and she took advantage of opportunity, right? Make believe, but man, those are good lessons. What you're speaking there is something that a lot of entrepreneurs that I'm friends with understand and have kind of, they've realized the gap in their own life and have been changing it with their kids is very few kids in the education system we have today are taught that you can actually make money from nothing. 
And it's just a matter of creating value and creating something that people are willing to trade that their money for value and solving a problem. Like that skill at nine, like if you, I mean, she's already say, let's say if you started seeing it like 22, 23, she's already got a 12 year head start on you for understanding how you can actually create wealth. And she hasn't even got to real money yet. So I mean, like, that whole like and she hasn't got to the high parts of like high school and the different things where you really get the ideas and more knowledge like it's just gonna it's it's like it's just the right kind of fertilizer you need to grow some really great things in the future yeah that's but you said it exactly that's it you lay the foundation set a good example you may not be the perfect parent, but uh man like they all of a sudden when you start seeing things that you do and the good qualities come out not just the bad ones that i have you know that that's that's a win, man. That's that's definitely a win. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know, man. Like I think that like with with uh, the with that kind of mindset, it's like you know you try to try to show your kids uh, what hard work like really looks like, and but you also don't mask or hide them from your failures. They have to know that you fail too. They have this to. is what I love about being a military dad that we don't often tap into because we haven't owned our own shit and been able to move through it is we have just a lot of life experiences that if we use those as coaching tools, I mean, fuck, we got a story for everything that our kids can come up with. I remember sharing in boot camp with my daughter, how we all, everybody gets punished when one person fucks up. She really loved that story. And like, it's just one small story, but like so many of those little stories, they allow us to them to get to know us more. They allow this a deeper understanding of who we are and we are, where we came from. And most military dads, don't even tap into that. I want to tap into one other question in the same category. You lived in Spain. You got to see the world a little bit. How are you also incorporating to make sure that your kids understand how the world works? Because oftentimes, most kids don't ever leave their state, let alone the country. And they have a very limited view of the American dream. So what are you doing to make sure your kids understand how they fit into the world in a larger place, something that you got from the Navy without joining the Navy, maybe? Yeah, well, I mean, so I'm fortunate enough. So when I left Spain, um, the Navy after after 9/11, security I, I did like security forces, right? Nothing crazy, but uh, I was able to join uh, a team uh, called Raven Teams. I don't know if you're familiar with those or not, but I was new to the Navy after 9/11, and it's like you have to try out for it and like go through like this kind of like almost like a mock, like they just kick the shit out of you for like three months, basically, and like that's pretty much it. And uh, uh, but you go on like they'll call you within like a any hours notice and you go and fly somewhere and you don't even know where you're going until like you're on the plane and you're like do security for uh, these delegates or the airplane or the air, airfield uh, and whatnot. Uh, so I got to I got to go to like 27 different countries and just like man like that's what the world is missing right now is like you look around and like everyone's complaining about how bad things are but if you had some perspective on the nobody has depth to their worldview. Oh. People look to America for their world answers, but we have like only 10% of Americans have a passport. Like we're the yeah. last people you should ask how the world should No, don't ask us for world perspective, man. I mean, like, everyone's like, oh, uh, you've been out of the country? Oh yeah, I've been to Cancun. You're like, all right, okay. All right, come on. Cool, good for you. How was the how was the unlimited drinks at the bar where everyone spoke English, <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, like you could, dude, I mean, you go, uh, I would say like, look, my Iraq experience, I would never want to go back there. But I'll tell you what, man, like that's, that's life experience right there, dude. Like you, you see how women are treated. You see how poor people are. You see that the value of a dollar difference there, you know, with my kids, I mean, like fortunate enough where I work my ass off and got us into a, a good opportunity. And like when we travel, my kids have been we went to the Bahamas after we sold 
our business. Uh, we went to, took a family trip to, uh, um, um, my God, Punta Cana. Went to the family down to Punta Cana. I took them to my my daughter's at my at our wedding. Obviously, uh, we got married though, and uh, she was already eighteen months old. But we took her there with us, and she like learns about it. We we read a new book every week. Uh, my daughter and I tried to read a new book together every week, and it, just talking about like what it's out, what else is out there. And that's important, man. I'm glad you asked that. That's really important to know that, like, you know, I grew up. This is my fear. I grew up with like nothing, thinking that I had everything, but like seeing opportunity, you know? So I'm fortunate enough to have had some success. Not fortunate enough. I worked my fucking ass off, man. So I have no problem saying that. Worked my ass off from nothing. Absolutely nothing. But you know what, man? Like you get older, um, how do you keep your kids humble? Because I want to give my kids everything, man. Like my kids ask for something, I want to be like- Especially when you had nothing and now that you know all this stuff out there. But like, you got to find a way to balance that. Say so like, you can't give them everything. They got to earn it. Like I have a thing where my kids must make their bed every morning or zero electronics all day. And that sounds stupid, right? But I mean, electronics are a big deal to kids right now, man. So like for me, I'm like- Roadblocks are. <laughs> obsessive, man. So I'm just like, yo, no electronics. You're going to make your bed. My daughter the other week, she uh, did make her bed. She didn't make her bed in the morning and she came home and she was on Roblox. I was like, is your bed, is your bed made? And she looked at me like, oh, fuck. she didn't say fuck. <laughs> I mean, she, yeah. Yeah, I, hope, I mean, I really hope she didn't say it. But, uh, no, she looked at me, sprinted up the stairs, made her bed. I'm like, look, you can't play the game. Sorry. And she lost her mind out of fit. But then, like, she, she hasn't done it since then. She's made her bed every single morning. She knows, you know, it's, I, I forget, like, the age where kids actually know, like, cause and effect. But, like, they, it takes a while. They're, like, seven or eight years old where they actually understand that there's a point do something yeah. going to have a, a consequence right and uh they really truly understand it she understands the perception that. of time also is the key component there i love all those stories there about helping your daughter see the and i've always i always like the i don't know whether i'll get to india but i always like this example that i want to take my kids to india and show them a kid with nothing that has a smile on their face because that's that like that's the ingredient that you're teaching when you show them poverty or just show them this is someone's entire life and they're perfectly content, just like you were as a kid. You were perfectly content until you knew anything different. But just understanding the different layers makes you a deeper human being, has more empathy for people. You have ability to connect with people. And like, I'm a big believer that you have to get your kids outside of their life in order to figure out how they fit into it. And so the more times you get her outside going to Europe and just exposing her to so many different ways that people live their life, that really helps expose what they're meant for and really how they can go out into the world and help change it and make it better. And as military dads, we just have such a rich life. If we can do this, I mean, only 7% of the population is veterans. So if we can really tap into our kids' lives and help them understand how they fit into the world, like, man, we can unlock something that's just only 7% of the population has the ability and the depth to be able to do it. That's it, man. Yeah. I mean, the, if you, the biggest waste is if you have like a, like, I think that like, I don't know if it's a gift or whatever, but like, I feel like I have a gift of like, I, I just, I enjoy talking to people, man. I love having intellectual conversations. I enjoy learning from everyone. Like every conversation that I have, like I'm also to the point in my life where I don't want to waste my fucking time either, man. Time, every minute is crucial. And I think, so I don't want to have a conversation where I'm like, man, that did absolutely nothing. Or you want to talk about the bears at last week, which 
usually <laughs> ends in the same circle. I'm like, yeah, I know. Hey, suck. Bears, who won that game? Who won that game this week? And the Packers, how they do now? Are you a Packer fan? I'm, no, I'm a Bears fan. There you go. Thank God, man. We're about to have to hang up this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I mean, but the same thing. It's like you, uh, you know, if you have like the ability to have a conversation, like you like seem like you can communicate really well. So like, I think you're taking advantage of your ability to communicate well. Right. And you'll be learning this throughout the process. And same like with me, I feel like I like I I'm just to the point in my life, man, where like, I mean, how old are you? How old are you again, Ben? I'm thir- I just turned 36 last month. Yeah, it's the same, right? So it's like I got to the point, I think it was like probably like 35 when this really hit me. But it was just like when my kids when they were born, it kind of hit me, but really hit me. It was like, look, man, I don't need any new friends, right? Like I want to impact people's lives and uh, they'll impact mine. And if we like everyone that you meet has an opportunity to affect your life, everyone. And if you can talk with people and have an intelligent conversation and uh, build great relationships, and if you don't make any money or don't have any business like through them, what's the worst thing that happened? You just made a really cool friend, right? Like you just made something that's really cool. And like, they may not have written you the check themselves, or they may not have, uh, you know, made created an opportunity directly that you can see. But if you keep people around who have good conversations and and uh, are trying to work towards something good, eventually, eventually you're going to be part of that. I mean, that's the, what's the old saying? Like you, you are the five people you hang out with. Yeah, average, yep. The taps code that I wish people would have told me so many years ago was the amount of opportunity you feel is directly proportional to the amount of strangers that you talk to daily. And I felt for so long I had no opportunity, but that was because it wasn't talking to anybody. One person can, can have the conversation, the access to the company that can change your life. And if you're not there, then it's just, it just doesn't work. That's that's totally it, man. Like you have to, but you got to be outgoing and willing to put yourself out there, man. Like, you know, the fortune doesn't favor the people who follow the crowd. You know, you got to stand out for better or for worse. Somehow, some way, you got to stand out and do something that's like, you got to do something that's not it doesn't be epic whatever but like you got to do something that's different like like dude we're in a protein bar space that with a hundred other protein bars man, come on dude like the best is like i had a uh you know who lance armstrong is right lance armstrong uh i've talked to him he's actually a really intelligent really smart and i like idol the hell out of his athletic ability I mean, the guy's resting hurry at one point was at like a 32 i mean that's absurd but they had an opportunity to invest in the battle bars and we talked about it and like, listen, I love the bars. I'll be a customer for life, but you know, you know, this is a pretty crowded space, right? I'm like, no fucking shit. It's crowded, man. Of course I know it's crowded. I would never go into it if I didn't think it was crowded, but, uh, I know that's, I know that we have sales and I know that people are buying and I know that people are, people can buy once and that's good marketing. People buy twice. That's a good product. People buy three times. You have a good business. Like that's good. Something's working. Everything's working together. If you buy one time, anyone can get someone to buy, get any schmuck to buy something once. But if you can keep getting people to buy, then man, you have a, something that's you have something that's different than anything else out there. It's making people say, you know what? I'm gonna choose you guys from now on. So that's why, like, we can't just say we make the best protein bars. We have to have a great mission. Like we have this, we have this in the background. That's our charity, OEW. Dude, I'm like, I was just talking to the guy this morning. I'm gonna fly down there. I've actually never been skydiving and uh, I've, I've always wanted to, to do it And uh, with their charity is uh, OEW skydive. We're going to go down there and learn how to skydive just for spend a week and just go solo skydiving. 
That definitely sounds epic. I've never yeah. done skydive either. One thing I wish I would have did in the Marine Corps, I didn't have an opportunity to do it, but I've seen people do it, was uh, spy rigging, which is where a helicopter picks you up with a rope and you fly below the helicopter through the right. air without getting pulled back up. Like that's just, I've seen a couple people doing it on the base and I'm just like, God, that looks like such a thrilling. I'd rather do that than skydiving actually. Yeah, I mean, skydiving is a little, a little more... Uh aggressive i guess right <laughs> in certain ways it's not so much aggressive i guess i just already have the nostalgic to try to do spy rigging but that's not something like commercially available i don't think so i've never googled it though i probably should google it before i say it's not commercially available i was gonna say i guarantee it probably is but like i, I tell you what i uh or if it's not it's a problem and there's, there's a problem yeah there's, there's probably not, other people like me that want to go spy <laughs> there's, there's the entrepreneur like everyone always like asked me like uh, like it's so funny, like dude, in, in like the world of like entrepreneur and like having success, people are like, oh well, like they're quick to just be like, oh yeah, man, that's easy. He's got this, like he's got this and this going. I'm like, man, do you have any idea how much I've had to sacrifice not like missing my kids' events? Like, I mean, I can't tell you how many things I've had to miss in my life, and that's why like I could have left when we sold our business in 2018. I could have left and I could have chilled, just put parked some cash into a place and did like stocks and just chilled. But like, I wanted to do something that was like, that like kind of like we're talking about. It's like, it's important that your family looks at you and says, you know, like when you're gone, let's have a legacy for our family. Like, I think that my grandpa did a good job of that. When I was a kid, he always had like pictures. I mean, my grandpa's a Korean war vet. Like he's nuts. He's absolutely nuts. He's awesome. Like you'd love this guy. He, uh, he would always show me like our family. Like I, like I would know, like I, th- I knew all the way back to like my great, 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 great grandma. He had all these pictures like just stacked up. I thought that was so cool knowing like what they did, how they did it, how we you became the person you became and fuck all that. Like taking my blood and sending it out in a, in a vial to someone where I don't know is going to tell me how my family tree is. No. Like, I'm just going to do it with my family and I'm going to take a great record of it. I'm going to make a ridiculous impact on the world. Or at least my goal is that, right? Make a ridiculous impact on the veteran community and eventually the world and just, or at least America and say, uh, this is my footprint of the world. You're up kids, you know? Yeah. For probably 15 years of my life, the story that played in my head was I was a dumb farm boy from Wisconsin that was never going to do anything. And it took me consciously hitting bottom, figuring out this podcast, a bunch of other stuff. But now as I move forward, it's I'm a farm boy from Wisconsin who's going to go out and change the world. So like you just have to recognize those stories changing and you can rewrite it and make however the ending you want it. And I can definitely feel this project that you're on now with battle bars in the gym. Like this is a place of heart, like what health and nutrition can change someone's life and change a family tree the ability to just be provide financially and maybe a creative business that your kids want to take over. Like all of that, that's definitely something to be proud of. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. That's, but you're, you're dead on. Like, it's like, uh, I know everyone says, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I definitely work every day. I definitely work, but I love doing it, man. Like I, again, I don't have to coach, but I get up every morning at 4 a.m. and I coach a 5 a.m. class. I go work out with the 5 a.m. class here. We do some crazy cool military workouts. I mean, eventually- and even if you're not coaching it, like just even if you were in the class, like think of the inspiration that you are to the people sweating <laughs> next to you. And like, and I, so I like it. It holds me accountable to be in the best shape possible because these people look to me as like their leader almost, right? So like, I want to make sure that if 
this workout is going this way, like they're going to watch me work harder than anyone else out there. And I want them to strive to be like that. Eventually that gets contagious. And I mean, man, Ben, you save, if you watch yourself change someone's life for the better, you can't stop, right? Like you can't, it's contagious as hell. And it's a great feeling to just say that like you made a difference, an impact in someone's life. And unfortunately I will say, is that comes with some sacrifices, man. Like if you want to be great, it, it, there's sacrifice. Right? Like, look, my, my wife, like, oh my God, she wants to kill me half the time. Like I'm, you know, I'll, I'll get here at 4 a.m. and work until midnight sometimes and just like racking my head and trying to organize things. I'm like, oh, but like at the end of the day, like it's gonna, she gets it and it's gonna, it's gonna pay off. It will, it, it is, you know? And when you both buy into it, that's, it's all supporting each other to get where we need to go. Exactly, man. Exactly. And I think that, uh, I think that we're, we're, we're in a good spot. You know, like I think that we're battle bars to the point, like, look, we said, once we hit a million dollars in sales, we were going to really try to go to market hard. And, uh, like, I think that, uh, we changed our shifted gears a little bit and I was just like, you know, I want to have a good time with like, I want to have a good time with, uh, what I do. And I want to start, like, I think I have a lot of cool stuff to say and, and people may listen to like this podcast or some of the others that I've done and they may be like, eh, that guy sucks. But you know, if one out of 10 or three, like I, I look at it like anything else, it's like, look at it like baseball. If you can just bat 300 and you have like, if you affect three out of 10 people, it's pretty damn good, man. I mean, I think I've that, had so many of those like different coaching calls and I just had one during quarantine and it happened to be, I was on 75 hard. And so I was on like a whole other, like different, like energy high as well. And he sent me feedback a couple of days later. He's like, that was the most powerful call I've ever had in my entire life. And like that little window has like just fueled me to so many different places of, because once you start, it, once you start getting hooked on knowing that you can impact and move a mountain for someone that's been a mountain in their life forever, like you really want to go into Hulk mode more and just lift that mountain and start moving it and move as many of those mountains as you can. I got two questions for you. Please. We'll, we'll do the easy one, I think, for the first uh, one. Uh, what is the best piece of parenting advice that you want to make sure that every military dad gets to be a good dad? Oof. Man. Um, I, think, I think honesty, man, is training your kids to, uh, to have integrity and honesty and, and, and be real with them. And if don't being training about integrity and honesty is important, but by doing it, you have to have integrity and be honest with them, with them as well. Like I can't like I, look. I, I was talking about making my bed, making the kids' bed. I told them they have to make their bed every morning. I didn't make my bed the other morning, like in front of them. I'm like, what are they thinking of me then? Right? Like, are they, do they think that I'm full of shit? Like, like I don't like practice what I preach. No, like I, I have to. Like everyone's put so much time into being successful and having what they have, right? But then like the most, if the most important thing is your family, why you're not invested into your family, like the way you're invested in the business. And like, that's what a lot of people have trouble balancing. So I think, uh, having, making sure that I think integrity is, is by far the most important trait that you have to carry with you and pass on to your kids. And I, I agree think- with that. And the part that I didn't figure out until like, even just this year is, and it came from a Navy SEAL who was talking about leadership and having shared dialogue and shared definitions of communication is I would talk about these words like responsibility, integrity, and I would never have defined them. 
I remember we, I'd use bedtime talk to talk to my daughter. Or we talk about hard things that maybe we need to talk about. And I remember having a conversation about what responsibility was. And she was eight years old and really didn't have an, a definition of what it was. She had heard adults say it. It's a, it's a value they preach every day at school. And yet she had no idea what the real word of responsibility looked like and how it actually shows up in each other's life and why does it matter? So like, it's such an important thing to recognize what you said, then go into that shared conversation of what does this word actually mean and how does it actually show up throughout the day and where is it going to take you? Like, why does it matter that you're responsible now and how will making your bed now make sure that you're exactly what you need to do when you're 20? Yeah, because they don't know this stuff, right? But it's your your, it's your job to make sure they get where they need to go and they got the proper tools. And right, it's our job. It's because eventually, man, like I, I will say, like I mean, I'm sure that you look at it. Like my wife and I look at like videos of our kids, and like I just looked at this video yesterday of my son and this tiny little squeaky voice, and now he's like not like he's old, but he's six years old, and I'm like, holy shit, man! When did this kid like lose that voice? Like when do you lose that squeakiness, man? And like, that's the thing is that like, you, you gotta like, you gotta enjoy the ride and make sure that like every moment is a mess, man. Cause then like one day they're going to get older. And if you don't take the time to like, like experience life with them, they're not going to. We're in the season. Everybody wants back in their life. Like anybody, the ad that has teenagers, like they'll tell you like the season that between zero and 10, like to me, that's like the golden years where you're still the coolest person in the room. They want to hang out with you. They want to do things that you're still probably more important in some cases than their friends. Yeah. Like, and it's, it goes, but I remember my daughter was learning how to ride a bike and she did it two years faster than my oldest daughter. And I was just like, man, she couldn't even touch the ground. Like I had to get her on the bike every single time, but she mastered riding without the pedals. And I was like, Lillian, when did you grow up? And with her smart wisdom, she replies a long time ago. And like, I was just like, because in her mind, she, she has grown up so much faster than the others. And now if I ask her that same question, she's like, well, I grew up when I was born. Like in her mind, she's just in, so intelligent. Like she's been smart since the moment she was born. Like, and it, it happens very quickly. And I'm, I'm so glad that this year, because I get to have the mornings with her for preschool before she's in half day preschool. So it's just me and her in the mornings. Like I know no matter what happens in the future, I'm going to cherish the hell out of this year because next year she's going to be in kindergarten and all the kids will be in school and it'll be over and it'll just be me during the day. And like this, these mornings I'm definitely cherishing. Yeah, I have to, man. It's like those, those little things that you just don't like, I remember like, like that's like you're saying about the video that we watched where my kid was laughing. I was just like, I remember when I took the video, I just thought it was just a normal morning. That's it. Now I look back on it, I probably watched it a hundred times. Be like, man, I missed that. I'm like, but at the time, it was just going to school. That was it. I didn't think do you have it. an I- iPhone? I do. Have you in- added the? Have you upgraded to new iOS 14? Oh, is that the new one that I just launched? It's, yeah. Uh, no. Because if you do, there's a photo widget. Now that they have widgets on the phone, this widget, I don't know where its magic comes from, but it only shows the cutest photos of my kids daily. And I'm just like, what? The? It, it's it's horrible. Like every picture it shows, I'm like, oh, that's a, such a cute photo. I don't even remember that photo. And I'm like, damn you. It happens on my wife's phone now too. I was just like. I'm looking for the update right now. Let's see if I can get it. All right. Yeah. All right. Update and add the photo widget. It'll it'll give you those moments daily. And you're like, damn you. All right. Well, done. So I just did the update and I'm probably 
My phone is probably hacked by Russia, but whatever. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the second question, what's holding you back from having a podcast yourself? So we do kind of have a podcast, actually. Uh, We have a, we just started it. It's called Havoc Hotel. uh, Or I'm sorry, Hotel Havoc. And uh, my partner Ian's on it. And uh, it's cool, man. Like we're we're learning from it. uh, Just having conversations. We're not putting too much pressure on ourselves. We're just having cool conversations. That's it. And, uh, but, uh, I think eventually, I think eventually I'd like to get on that. You know, I, I like, I, I just love talking to people and like there's, it's addicting. It. I mean, I, I podcasting is, I've, I've grown faster having a podcast than I ever would have reading books. I mean, books are good, but like conversations is so much more engaging. It's more mentally stimulating and you just don't undo a conversation. You can forget a book. Totally. But I completely agree with you, man. Is that, uh, those things can last and like you can continue to write those books, right? Like you and I have a conversation now, like we could talk next week again and have a totally new conversation. Whereas like I'm reading this, this book right now, it's really, by the way, really freaking good. Amazing. You should read it. Um, is that the Ru- but, uh, Russians walking there or who is it? I'm, Korean I'm probably. The, yeah. Korean. Yeah, it's not the greatest battles, but the, the frozen chosen. Yeah. yeah that's a yeah, pretty incredible story. Holy shit. I can imagine. I remember reading or hearing about this stuff in boot camp when they taught us it. Oh my God. I never, I actually, I'm ashamed to say I haven't, I didn't hear, I mean, I think I've heard it, but I haven't uh, really known much about it. Like a friend of mine or one of our members of the gym brought it in for me and I was like, sort of reading it. It just, I didn't want to put it down. Like, oh my God. But did you see uh, the movie Hacksaw Ridge? I did not see that. I need to see it. It's a really good one as well. And it's about a battle in Okinawa. And I was actually on Hacksaw Ridge, which I had no real idea what I was on when I was there visiting it. But then watching the movie and hearing the story, I was like, oh my God. Because it's about this Navy corpsman who joins and he essentially doesn't accept a rifle. His he, his, his faith prevents him to, from taking up arms. So he goes to become a corpsman and he goes into war without a rifle and he saves like some insane number of people from a hill, lowers them down from a rope and it's a complete wasteland on top of this ridge. And he lowers them down. It's just an amazing story. And it just hit me that much more deeper because I had been there. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, that's the, I, I love history like that, man. Like my I'd love to go to Norm like go to Normandy or like check out like the greatest generation and how they did what they did, man. Like it sounds style. like an awesome trip next summer for your kids. That's it, man. No, hundred percent. I, I could not agree with you more. I mean, my future I dream is to work ten months out of the year and go on a two month vacation and we come back when school starts. That sounds freaking awesome, man. And we my wife and I went to Italy last year and oh my god, man. What a what a place that is. No, yeah, that's no, another place that can really trap you in. Like, I got to come back. <laughs> man, we went to, uh, what, what is that place? Um, uh, in Italy. Oh my God. I don't know what I'm forgetting. Of, uh, the islands there. I don't know why I'm blank. I'm having a Sicily. Break. No. Um, oh, anyway, I'll get back to you on that. It's, it's just the most amazing place on the planet. It's like right on like these cliffs. You basically like live in these hotels on a cliff. And if you like jumped off the cliff, you'd fall in the ocean. Were your kids with you or is it just you and your wife? No, just the wife and I, man. It was, uh, it was a much needed. It was like the kids were like just taking over our lives. And that's, I think that's important too, as a note is that you've got to find time for your significant other to, uh, especially in your world. Like there's a, there's a key principle that I teach is your priorities that there's only one commitment that goes to the grave. And that's the one that you make to your wife. And your kids will betray you. They will leave. Your job will betray you. Your businesses will betray you. Like all of it will end. Every commitment, no matter what. And there's one that it goes to the end and your priorities need to reflect that. Otherwise, it's like a credit card. Eventually, it'll go bankrupt and you can't borrow any more time from it. 
That's completely right, man. Yeah. So like you gotta, you got like my wife and I take a trip every year, right around January, February, where we're like, we take one to two weeks and we just go hang out with each other and just, just be hanging out together. Just be husband and wife. Boyfriend Me and my wife celebrated our 10 year anniversary up in Door County this past weekend. Nice. Congratulations. I, my, uh, my family uh, had some good ties to Door County. Remember the tornado that happened there back in the day? In Door County? No, I don't. Like ugh, my my not to go on another tangent. My my aunt and uncle owned a, a campground there called Door County Camping Resort. And dude, no joke. Two weeks before they sold this, they had sold. My uncle was like extremely excited, like selling it, gonna make a profit, gonna retire off that. Two weeks gets hit by like an F four tor- tornado and destroys the entire thing. Absolutely destroyed it. <laughs> like and he's like. Well, shit. Two weeks before they closed on the property, man. It was just, ugh. But yeah, that's my ties to Door County. But I literally lost the whole train of thought. What was the question I had to answer? I forgot. You I answered both of them. The, the podcast that you said you've already got one going. You just haven't oh, yeah, yeah, all into it. And the other one you already answered. Yeah. So. No, yeah, I think that you'll see more of this. Like, like we, uh, That's like the cool evolution of business, right? Like we want to refine our product. We have our products. We're building out our teams, building out the right people. Uh, to hire to to who are like motivated to do the same things we do and have the same mindset, and then uh, now it's like, man, let's just talk to people. Let's have some great conversations and see where it goes. You know? And that's that's where like you said, podcasts should happen. We should have more, do more things like this. To you know, I have no problem having a difficult conversation with someone, and and uh, you know, it used to be back in the day to have a political conversation with someone. You shake their hands afterwards and just agree to disagree or have differences. And now you can't do it because everyone goes like this. <laughs> what? And they're like, yeah, you suck. And they put their phone down and they go about their day because they know there's no consequences from saying that. And that's like, shit, you want to talk about something we should teach our kids is to stay away from uh, the dangers of social media. Oof. You know. I've been on this year has really taught me to I don't remember exactly where this advice came from, but I, my new perspective when there's differing views is silence my own view, because most cases, especially nowadays, you're not going to be the guy that flips them to the other side right. and actually be extremely curiosity of what got them to where they are. How did they get to that? This is how they see the world. Yeah, because yeah. to me, that teaches more to me about their life experience, which most people don't really analyze or understand that your life experience is why you see the world this way. And that will help me understand the root issues in many cases to the issue. Because like we were talking at the very beginning, what people show on the surface is never usually the roots of the problem. And if you really dive into why do you see the world that way, there's always something, some pain, maybe some struggle. And people are so hell-bent on convincing or yelling and shouting, then it's just... Uh, that's it. Yeah. I mean, you, if you, the more you learn about people, like you said, why they are the way they are, it's like you, you don't necessarily have to agree with it, but you can respect it and just say, all right, move on. People are allowed to have feelings. And as long as you don't insult people or like quick to like say stupid things, I'm like, I don't have time for that, man. There's no, no time for uh, insults or being negative. I don't, I don't, I don't need any of that in my life right now. You know, I mean, I can do that enough on my own with my wife. Yeah. The, the, the conversations we have in our head as veterans already take a pretty good beating. <laughs> yeah. I was, we were just talking about that. It's funny. So that we we're just talking about like, man, and like night times and when you first get back, it's like, man, our, my mind was always racing. Like we, my, my business partner, Ian and I, we were just were like, dude, like, 
we, we, he said, uh, my, we were talking to my wife about, uh, like sleeping patterns. She's like, Alex just wakes up in the middle of the night and like yanks the blanket away from me and like whatever. And we have the same type of weird, wacky dreams and our minds are just constantly just firing off. And I think that like, for me, my way of channeling it is, I don't know, put my mind to work. Right. I, I Pump some that. iron in the morning at 4am. Happy. Have to do it, man. Have to just get it out because you start your day right and everything feels better. But I'm with you, dude. Amen, brother. So, where's the best place to get a hold of Battle Bars? Because you guys got to try these out. These things are some of the best. I've tried a lot of random protein bars. I've I can't stand almost anything. Like the only bar that I've ever really liked besides yours is a kind bar, and that's not even a protein bar. That's just something healthy. But all the other ones, I've just never liked them. It like the Cliff Bars, like all of that is just complete crap. So, where can people get a hold of the Battle Bars? So uh, just go to all you got to do right now is head to battlebars.com. We actually uh, we, we're, we're have a big meeting this week with 7-Eleven to, to be distributed with them. So that's a, a crossing our fingers conversation, but they love us. They, you need Quick Trip. Are you at Quick Trip yet? Because that is the, if you land at Quick Trip, like you'll, you'll, you'll have my heart forever. You know, the cool thing is, man, is that like I was legit, like who put them out of business? I was a customer first. I didn't start the business. I met Ian and Colin because I ordered their product. They started like they launched two bars and I ate it. I ordered online. I was like, what is this? Like I've tasted every nutrition bar. I've tried every protein bar, energy bar, cliff bar. Oh my God. If I, I'll never even cliff farm again in my life. And I'm like, oh, they just, I don't even know how that something like that actually continues to be produced. Like, dude, it's like, I, I'm like, uh, like I don't like bashing other people's products, but it's like, man, I just not for me. Right. And I just, and I knew that everyone in the military absolutely hated them. And they're like, I can't keep eating these things, man. And like, there's gotta be something out there. How come no one makes, everyone would always say that to us. Like, why doesn't anyone make a bar that actually tastes good? And so when I ordered this, I tasted it. I was like, this can't be right. The blueberry and cookies and cream are the ones that are like crack that I ran out quicker than I thought I was rationing them too. <laughs> Uh, this, if you like s'mores, I don't know about that. Man. S'mores is my go-to. It's my absolute. S'mores was good, but the blueberry blueberry pie is my like secret like thing. And so blueberry anything blueberry, I fall in love with. And the cookies and cream was uh, just good too as well. Yeah, no, it's good. It's the blueberry like texture in the middle. I can remember this Look at the texture on that side of the thing. Like protein bars aren't supposed to rip, just chilling like that. And the marshmallow crisp and like a. Uh, Soft uh, to the bite, yeah. It, it's like, is this real? Well, that's the thing. I'm a customer first of the product, and I liked it so much that I legitimately bought the company. <laughs> yeah. Think about it for a second. I mean, they're just a full blown degenerate who just is obsessed with protein bars way too much. <laughs> well, I kind of know what I'm doing. And I think that it's a little, probably a little bit of both, but they're uh, they're so good, man. It's just different. And everyone that, that tastes them uh, it feels the same way. So it's a, it's, it's a cool story, like how this like relationship between us all formed. But yeah. So I mean, the saddest part, part of them is, is when you're empty, like when you're, when you're, when you're dude, out. You're, could not be, could not be more right. I mean, <laughs> we commit to no artificial bullshit in the bars. No, you know, it's gluten-free, non-GMO, all the, the good stuff. Um, grass-fed bovine collagen, like, Everyone in the world is like so deathly afraid of carbohydrates. That's such bullshit, man. I mean, you need carbohydrates. If you are doing fitness, if you're like an active person, which you should be doing something 30 minutes or more a day, you need carbohydrates. You need them. I'm not saying you need to go eat a loaf of bread, but 
get your carbohydrates from vegetables, you know, eat your bars or eat your, uh, your supplements or your, uh, vegetables, the right times, eat, you know, even a little bit of sugar before or after workout is not bad for you. It's okay. You know, at least from my experience with it. And that's how I tell our gym members and our gym members are, our gyms are growing like crazy. And I think that's for a reason. Yeah. What's the name of your gyms? Uh, it's called 104010 fitness. So 104010 is, uh, it was, it's crazy. It started as like, it started as like an accident, to be honest with you. I started this to like six minutes from my house and I wanted to have, I wanted to have a place where all of our battle bars, like guys and girls, like athletes that we sponsor come here and work out. And I'm in my office upstairs. The gym's actually downstairs, but I want to have a place for us to like take some cool footage at. It turned into like, Hey man, like people just keep showing up here. <laughs> like I don't even know where they are. So why don't we turn this into like an actual business? I hired this guy who used to coach me in my like old, I do CrossFit back in the day, but CrossFit to me, was like, it's too much. Man. I'm like, tell me to lift like 400 pounds, like 30 at the time I was 35 years old. I'm like, what am I doing, man? Like I don't need to do that anymore. Like we, I can get in great shape and not max out on a deadlift or max out on a back squat and risk hurting myself. So what we do here is 10 minute warm up. That's what that whole stands right here, right? 10 minute warm up, 40 minutes of strength and stamina training, depending on the day. And then 10 minutes of like a meditative style, cool down or stretch. And, uh, it's like everything, the whole gym is like decked out and, uh, you can kind of see it here. I don't know if you could move this around, but I don't know if it'll mess with it too much, but you can see like the inside of the gym here. There's like the, we got all the clocks from the different areas of the world, like in the middle East. Oh yeah. And then you got the gym actually all down there. It's kind of cool, man. Like that's, this is like my little, my little sanctuary, if you will. We have nothing cool like that in Janesville. <laughs> well, dude, I'll bring one there. You run it. Fuck that. All right. Yeah, I had that thought about five minutes ago. I was like, how crazy it would be if someday I own a <laughs> fitness from this guy. I mean, my look, my goal is to have hundreds of these all across the US. I mean, look, during a pandemic, we went, we started, I opened this in January. Ask me if you would thought of a gym owner who opened it in a gym in January for group classes and thought, hmm, he'll still be in business come October. <laughs> you know, you're like, no, this guy's fucked. First year of business in a great economy is tough, let alone one of the worst we ever had uh, during a pandemic. And, you know, we're at 100 plus members right now, man, and, and growing. So we're going to open up another one in Texas and Dallas. I have some great ties to Dallas. I want to open up another one actually in Milwaukee area because my, my dad has got some great connections there. And I just gives me a reason to go to Milwaukee even more because to go hang up my parents. Uh, but my goal really with the gym, man, is to, I want to go to like the TAPS classes and I want to talk to them, show them our business plan and say, look, pay us X, nothing crazy, something affordable and say, look, man, you don't have to go be a cop anymore. Like that's like, I felt like when I went to TAPS, all they did was like, get a suit, me, get a job, get an interview like, go, have, and use your GI bill. And that's the trained happiness. Yeah. Or go be a cop, or go be a firefighter, or do something else that's carry, that you have to carry a gun. Like, don't be wrong. I love guns, right? But what if I don't want to do it anymore? What if I don't want to risk my life anymore? What if I want to make a shitload of money? No one ever talks about that. So Nobody does. So I'm like, yo, what if I can go talk to you at your TAPS class and say, look, man, like I, I, I was in your shoes. I feel where you're at. 
It's a long road, but I'm here to make that road shorter, but you're still gonna have to work your ass off, but I'm gonna help you along the way to help you build a business for yourself. And you're gonna be in the best shape of your life. And you're gonna have a great community of people who are all they're trying to do all day long is improve themselves. It's a pretty cool fucking concept. And I wish someone would have done that to me when I was um, getting out of the military, man. I wish it been, uh, Amen to that brother. So Alex, I've absolutely loved this conversation because it was more of a conversation than an interview, which is I often have to be an interviewed so for so much that like I love this because we were just going back and forth through it. So I really appreciate your time and all the information you gave. I know we, there's many dads out there listening and different things that have sparked them to think differently about their life. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today and sharing your story. Cheers, man. Really, uh, really enjoyed it. Let's stay in touch, man. And then hopefully you're uh, hopefully you're running a 10:40:10 while you're while you're doing a podcast here. Awesome. Right. Thank you. <laughs> All right, brother. And sometimes you can prepare for an episode as the person doing the interview, and sometimes you really can't. In this episode, I felt like I was in control going in. Like, I got a game plan. I'm going to know exactly where I'm going to go with Alex. And we went so many different places in this episode that I wasn't really ready for. And it really changed how I thought about some of this own ceilings that I put in my life because that idea of ceilings was something that hit me square in the forehead as I was talking about it because it is not something that many people talk about or acknowledge. And we just get told that there is a ceiling above us and you can't pass it. And whatever limiting belief was installed early on in your life, I've talked about many of the limiting beliefs that I've talked about on this podcast. And for me, so many of those limiting beliefs installed a false ceiling that every time I hit this artificial invisible layer that I would just come back down and I wouldn't even know that I had actually consciously did that, but it was going on over and over and over again. His model for entrepreneurship and the hunger that he shows for life is something that just excited me for what is possible when you ask for more from life. That is something, and I really loved how it's also already inspiring change in his kids. That was something that was just amazing. And it was also proof positive that friendships, again, with a story that Alex shared about heading to Vegas, of how a single hello can be the one hello that literally changes your entire life. You have to have hunger, audacity. You have to have integrity to go into those relationships, know who you are. Guys, those friendships can change your life. And if you have not checked out freedadcourse.com, there are five audio lessons on how to create more friends in your life. They are 10 minutes each. You can download the app and they're right there, just like a podcast to help you create more friends in your life. Even COVID-proof type advice, you do not need to speak to someone face-to-face to have some of this basic understanding of how friendships can change your life. So go ahead over to freedadcourse.com and get that for yourself because that will be the baseline for what you can do and what you see yourself doing in your life. Building trust with yourself, that was something that just was right at the core of most military men, but I don't think we have true, honest conversation with that because we don't trust ourselves. And when you don't trust yourself, you don't trust yourself enough to share. You don't trust yourself enough to not lose control. And it's that trust that we often have to rebuild on the other side of the transition that we don't talk about at dinner parties, but it's that trust that you know who you are and you know where you can go. That trust is how you essentially start to lead your family. Because when you can trust yourself in those moments where chaos is literally surrounding you, maybe with a wild kid's emotion or whatever is going on, trust is how you know you're going to get through it. Trust is how you know that you're not going to lose your cool. And trust is how you're going to help build those values in your kids 
so that they trust themselves, that they live a life of integrity. But as Alex said, that trust begins with you. And guys, if you want any of the information that we shared in this week's show, go ahead and over to the show notes. And there is a link for the battle bars down there. There is a link for also for the 1040 gym fitness. If you are in the Chicagoland area, I highly check him check it out. He gave me a little video tour on the interview and it was absolutely really cool just to see because it didn't look like a regular gym. And so I can only imagine based on the type of personality that Alex has and the people he surrounds himself with, that this is something that is a very unique, special time. And if I ever get the opportunity, I will take him up on it and head down to Chicago to check out his gym. So guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And also don't forget fatherhood Friday. I dropped the biggest single thing that I've done on this podcast and launch that hopefully sustains this podcast and everything else going forward. And my life essentially is being put on the line with this big launch on Friday. So don't miss fatherhood Friday. And guys, I hope you have an amazing week. I hope you do something epic and I hope that you get to discover more about who you are. And I hope you come home to your family and be the amazing dad that I know to be true in my heart. I know it's true in your heart as well. So guys take care and I will see you on Friday hopefully to talk about the biggest thing I've ever launched.